Hello, my friends, and welcome back to Title Chatter. I'm your host, Ray Bohax, the hot rod farmer from Cat Swamp Road, and I want to wish everyone a blessed Merry Christmas. This show will be dropping uh, the first day of winter, right? Wednesday, December 21st. And this com- that coming weekend, or this coming weekend, I'm only doing this a couple of days ahead of time, that will be uh, the blessing of Christmas, right? Christmas Eve on Saturday, and then Christmas Day on Sunday, which is nice uh, because you get to go to church twice, right? Christmas Eve and then Christmas Day and have a double double header there. So that's a real, real blessing. And I want to thank you all for tuning in today and clicking in whenever you do happen to listen. And do not uh, forget, and if you are a subscriber, then obviously you will get a notice of that. And if you're not, then you'll find your way there by yourself, I guess, right? And the thing is that on, I am going to do once more again my 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 wish for you, my prayer for you, my audience uh, as my New Year's Day special. And that's something uh, when Idle Chatter started in 2018, October 25th of 2018, I decided to do that, and I've kept that tradition going moving forward and i will do a new year's day wish for you it's not a technical show it's a people show it's a it's it's a humanistic show and uh it's my prayer and my wish for you my listeners and that will be i'm contemplating having i'll do that show a day or two ahead of time before new year's and have it drop that's the word they use post on december 31st i have to talk to uh sue my guru for that and see if she could post it for december 31st i never posted a show on a sunday and since new year's day is on a sunday this year i really don't want to um, post it that way and uh but obviously it's a podcast so you can listen to it whenever you want and god willing that you will and uh i ask you to give it a listen right when it comes out it doesn't have to be new year's day but uh, maybe within the other first month of the year, if you have the opportunity, give it a listen. And I will try not to make it too long. I always say that to you. And that never happens because I am a motor mouth. Once I get going, I'm like a turbine. Right? Once that sucker winds up, you can't shut it down. So that is that. And because it is just before Christmas, we have to uh, give away our books, and we have to announce the winners of our books. And some, and as I've said before, some of you are consumers of both the radio show on Sirius XM, Channel 147, Rural Radio, Farm Machinery, Digest Radio, and the Idle Chatter podcast, and the short shows, and the On the Road episodes. So I greatly appreciate that, and some of you are not. But I will make the same announcement for the winners on the next episode of the radio show which will air actually on christmas eve day so that will be announced there too because i cannot glean from the incoming emails sometimes somebody will say something and say oh i listen to you on the radio or i enjoy it on the radio or what have you but uh most of the time i can't glean where you listen from but i am just so grateful and appreciative that you do listen but first i have to give out some pins in my map and I've been holding that off until we got in sync with the radio show, so I'm going to do them in both places uh, before Christmas. And I will just give away, I'll just give some pins in the map right now because I don't want to uh, just sit here and reading a list of names. 
but I want to thank you. And then the following week, I will add some more names from those people. So if you don't hear your name today or on the radio show this weekend, don't worry. I have your name here. You're recorded. The pen is in the map. But I just, like I said, don't want to just sit here and, and read names like a roll call. All right. So here we go. So I want to thank these individuals for pins in my map. My map is filling up, and I'm grateful for that. So the first person I want to thank is Mr. Philip Crockett from Williamsburg, Virginia. And I haven't been to Williamsburg for a long, long time, but Colonial Williamsburg, I think there's actually a town of Williamsburg. I'm sure he doesn't live in Colonial Williamsburg. And um, as a kid, my parents took us there. It was wonderful. So uh, I should actually take Charlotte there one day, my, my bucket list of things to do. So, Mr. Crockett from Williamsburg, Virginia, thank you so much for giving me a pin in my map and being a listener. Mr. Brian Patterson from, excuse me, Dand Ridge, Tennessee, thank you, sir, for listening and giving me a pin in my map. And then there is Mr. Felipe Gill from Places Unknown. Uh, Mr. Gill, if you're listening, please get back to me at Hot Rod Farmer at FarmMachineRedigest.com. A third party sent an email and filled out the form, and when I tried to get back to them and say, well, I want to put a pin in my map for you, but I don't know where you're listening from, the email bounced back three times. So I don't know. Uh, so Felipe, if you're listening, please reach back out to me at Hot Rod Farmer at FarmMachineRedigest.com. And I'll say the same thing on the radio show because maybe he listens on the radio. And then Mr. Randy Bauer, thank you so much for listening in Fairy Bolt, Minnesota. And and Fairy Bolt, Minnesota, I've never been there, but I think that the, uh, I think Soil Warrior is there. I think the company that makes a Soil Warrior uh, strip till system is in Fairy Bolt, if I'm pronouncing it right, Fairy Bolt, Minnesota, if I'm pronouncing it correctly. And I believe also years ago I read about a uh, a uh, a mill that that uh, does uh, makes blankets. I think I used to read the Wall Street Journal and the Investors Business Daily every every day at the truck stop before the Investors Business Daily went to be Investors Business Weekly. They still call Investors Business Daily, but it's weekly now. And the Wall Street Journal went completely liberal. So I gave up on those, sadly. And so what so I want to thank you, Mr. Bauer. Then Mr. T Mr. Tim. Edelin, E-D-E-L-E-N, I'm, hopefully I'm pronouncing it properly, sir, from Brighton, Illinois. Thank you so much for a pin in my map and for listening to this guy in some way, shape, or form. So Edel, Edelin, I think it's be pronounced, or I would pronounce it. Then Mr. Tom, I mean Tom, excuse me, Todd, I typed this, so you think I should be able to read it. Todd Neptune, uh, and he listens from Greensburg, Pennsylvania, and uh, so I want to thank you for that, sir. And I and when I put the pin in my map, it's not too far from Pittsburgh. I thought Greensburg was out there, and it's not too far from Pittsburgh. And then last but not least for pins in the map today, and we'll pick up some more, God willing, next week, Mr. Michael Johnson from Marengo, Illinois. Thank you very much, Mr. Johnson, for listening to the guy from Cat Swamp Road and for giving me a pin in my map. So I greatly, greatly appreciate it. So now... All right, we don't have a drum roll here in this soundboard. We used to have a drum roll before I took it out. When you buy the soundboard, it has like canned 
canned sounds in it, and I took them out to put my own sounds in the intro to mute the intro music, Tex Rubinowitz, which we don't play anymore on the podcast, but I play it on the radio show, The Hot Rod Man. So uh, I talked it out. So we don't have a drum roll. So what we're going to do is we're going to put a little bit of dragster in there. Okay, come on. All right, so the dragster is going to introduce the winners of the books. So, all right, so that's what the dragster is going to do. All righty. So now the winner of the John Deere book is Mr. Philip Crockett from Virginia, from Williamsburg, Virginia. The winner, congratulations, sir. The winner of the Farm All book is Brian Patterson from Tennessee. If I have that, from Dandridge, Tennessee, yes. And then the winner of the International Harvester Truck book, which uh, didn't get a lot of people who were interested in, a lot of people interested in the John Deere book and the Farmall book. So, but my, the only lady that entered the contest is Miss Phillips, Miss Phyllis, not Philip, Phyllis Samanchik from Great Meadows, New Jersey. So she is the winner of the International Harvester Truck book. And I want to thank you all for entering the contest i wish i could have given something to everyone for entering because i am honored by everybody who takes the time to reach out to me and enter the contest and i i mean that sincerely from the bottom of my heart so what i decided to do is that well first of all let me finish with this before i get off on a tangent and uh i have these people's mailing addresses so i will package up the book after christmas and i will send it to you uh through the mail uh phyllis Semanchik only farms dairy farms about seven or eight miles away on shades of death road when when her app when her application or the thing came in my sue moore said oh shades of death road i don't want to live there well my father actually my grandparents had a farm on shades of death road and my father, as a young boy, had a friend, Tookie Cardell. I don't know what Tookie's real name was. They were two partners in crime. And my father and Tookie used to, because supposedly the law, there's a lot of law in New Jersey, and uh, especially Warren County. So the law in New Jersey, well, the law in Warren County was that on Shades of Death Road, the headless horsemen used to ride. So my father, as a young boy, used to sneak out of the house, and much to well my once my grandparents i never met my grandparents they passed away before i was born actually my 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 grandmother died when my father was 14 years old and then my father died uh my father my grandfather died um maybe about a year or two before i was born my sister vaguely remembers him she was she's four and a half years almost five years older than i am but i never never met him on this side of heaven so when they found out that he was sneaking out at night to look for the headless horseman, uh, they took care of that. So anyway, but they used to sneak out onto Shades of Death Road and look for the headless horseman at night. All right, so um, so that is, uh, and then also I was starting to say about the lore. So we have the headless horseman here. Supposedly we have Bigfoot. All right, my cousin lives up in Clickatack County, Washington State, and that's supposed to be the Bigfoot capital of the world. But supposedly we have Bigfoot here in Warren County, New Jersey. And uh, interestingly enough, a few years ago, a very nice lady came to the farm stand, nicely dressed. I mean, nice car, whatever. And uh, she says, my sister was at the farm stand, and she says to her, "Oh, do you do you get a lot of do you get a lot of loss or damage?" uh of the of the sweet corn so my sister thought she meant 
you know, with the uh, from the deer or from the bear or from the raccoons. And my sister said, no, no, it's not too bad. My, you know, and when she said, no, no, not from the deer or the bear, from Bigfoot. So my sister didn't know what to say to her. And she claimed she had a farm about uh, six or seven. Well, let me let me put this way. She's a transplant. She has a piece of property. I don't know whether it's truly a farm, but uh, about six or seven miles away from us. I don't know where because my sister just said she's six or seven miles away that she told her and she claims that Bigfoot is living behind her house in the woods there. So whatever, no disrespect to anyone. And then also we have here, so you can look that up, Bigfoot, New Jersey, do an internet search. I'm not lying to you. Look up Shades of Death Road and the Ghost Lake is on Shades of Death Road. And then look up Demantis, M-A-N-T-I-S, man. All right, right here in Hackettstown, a couple miles from the farm is the Muscanet Congo River. And people claim that there's this huge insect-looking man that looks like a praying mantis when the fishermen go by the river and they run into him. So that's basically that, the mantis man. So we have those three here. And then we have also some in South Jersey, down in the uh, Pinelands area, there's supposedly the Jersey Devil. We don't have him. He's down there. But that's actually the name of a basketball team, I believe, in New Jersey, the Jersey Devils. I'm not a sports guy. So uh, so whatever. So we have a lot of interesting, interesting things here. So Phyllis lives over on or farms over on Shades of Death Road. All right, so I'll have to go there. And it'd probably be easier for me than going to the post office to drop it off at her farm. But congratulations to all the winners. And what I was going to say, I start to talk about the lore of New Jersey, L-O-R-E. <clears throat> Excuse me, that <clears throat> what I decided to do is I'm going to start another contest after the new year. I'm not going to have the people contact me again. you got better things to do in your life than keep entering contests. But what I will do is invite new people to enter the contest, and everybody who entered the contest for the Hot Rod Farmer license plates, which is still going on, uh, the book contest, there will be a new contest coming in January, February, and I'll just keep putting all those names in the, in the metaphoric hat in the box so you don't have to contact me again, and I would like for everybody eventually to win us something. Well, I doubt if that will happen because we're blessed with too many listeners, but, um, but so I will be announcing that, and hopefully hopefully god willing they're going to be die cast those nice die cast metal models of farm equipment and if you're a brand loyalist i'm not i'm not gonna say well i have a model for this model for this model for this like we did with the books and god willing i'm going to be doing this with the fent people because they're coming on board with the radio show to do some sponsorship and have some activity and have me work with them to help get the name out and not the name out they have great their products are so they have some very nice die cast models so i actually have a die cast model right now that they gave me that is a fent track tractor and uh i also have a, a fent rogator sprayer model so i'm hoping to get a uh a ideal combine and a momentum plant and then we'll have four giveaways there so we'll see what happens i'll keep you in a loop on that but keep sending in those applications because if you send in the applications if you send in those forms for the hot rod farmer license plate you're going to be going into that drawing regardless whether you want it or not all right so that is basically that let me see what else we have here oh a couple of quick things before we get rolling <clears throat> excuse me 
right? We Charlotte and I brought the three, or the last three kittens, Faith, Ginger, and Molly, to the vet the other day to get their pre-ops to be uh, spayed. And uh, so that was a little bit of a fiasco because Molly, we we didn't have enough cat carriers. Actually, we have a cat carrier that's Donald's cat carrier, and I'm still sadly waiting. Well, I say sadly, but I do trust in the Lord that he will bring Donald and Cream Creamy back to me. And uh, I'm not I'm not doubting that whatsoever. I would be lying to you if I said I wish it would have happened by now. But I guess that's what faith is, right? Faith is uh, believing without seeing. So, so we had a cat carrier that the, actually the veterinarian uh, Tranquility uh, Vet Clinic over in Tranquility, New Jersey, which is about five or six miles away, beautiful clinic. Doctor Christensen there, and a number of other, a few other veterinarians, uh, and they do all small animals. I mean, so it's not a. We have a large animal vet uh, that used to be part of that clinic, but I think they went off on the side. But anyway, off on their own number of years back so he lent me a cat carrier for donald when he got when i accidentally ran him over two years ago so we didn't have a cat carrier and he told me just keep just hold on to it if you need it and um so i asked to borrow two more from them because you wanted to bring all three girls to get their pre-ops before they have and we're getting them neutered or neutered spayed uh right after this just this week after the day after this well, a couple well, excuse me after christmas 28th 29th i think whatever anyway so so we have to do their pre-op their blood work and everything and check them out before that well when i came back from from georgia from down in fent i said geez i'm looking at the three girls i said geez things are changing here well the three girls became three boys so they're not binary they were just not developed yet even though they're quite big i said to charlotte said jesus and she's saying eh, something's changing back there they look like a, they're getting a bump so uh so when we brought them to the vet we brought them to the vet for a pre-op to have to be spayed and then they they took one at a time and they came back and said oh faith is a boy not a girl then they took ginger ginger is a boy not a girl and then they took molly and it said molly is a boy not a girl so ali gave us all boys so uh that's wonderful so once god willing uh donald and and creamy comes back we'll have seven boys and uh seven boys and uh one girl mommy ali ali the alligator so uh they're still going to get get uh neutered that day but obviously they're not getting spayed but that was so I then so I ended up going and buying three new cat carriers because the one it was just by God's grace uh Molly got out of the one I don't like those some people like those hard carriers and I guess they're, they're good but they the tops always they they need better fasteners on them so I bought them uh soft-sided but very nice soft-sided carriers and uh a very 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 nice carrier i'm not i'm not bragging because i bought it but expensive carriers and then as soon as i brought one home they start to rip it apart so <laughs> i always said i called them the roller derby girls i thought they were girls we thought they were girls but they're tough girls but they're boys so we're going to have a whole basically a basketball team of boy cats here and then the other thing <clears throat> i wanted to tell you 
before I get into the context of today's show, so I ask you to please forgive me, but you guys are kinfolk, you're family, so I just need to bring you up to date, and I love when you guys reach back out to me and bring me up to date on your lives and what's happening in your lives and your farm and your operation, your family, so please never hesitate to do that. Those are treasures, truly treasures and blessings to me. But hopefully on Christmas Eve day, this Saturday, I'm going to go back down to my friend Bob Eiders. We di- I did an on-the-road podcast with him about a year or so ago, I would say, and uh, I'm going to revisit it. But it's going to be on the road to Bob Eiders. Well, some, um, maybe I'm probably going to change it. It's going to be on the road to buying a Ford GT with Bob Biden. This is the GT supercar, not the GT Mustang. That's something that I wanted to get involved with at the first show, and but it was too too much to cover. So, you know, the Ford GT, the GT supercar, the six, seven hundred, eight hundred thousand dollar one. There's a whole buying procedures. A whole, it's it's really an interesting story, and if, if you're you may not even be a fan of the car, but you'll really enjoy that that podcast when it comes out so it's going to be on the road to the ford gt with bob ida so he's going to tell us tell you about you know the application process and it's not an application financially where it should be right with the so you'll so you know that should hopefully god willing post right after the new year if we if i get down there on the morning of christmas eve it's about 70 miles away from here on the farm in south jersey and the extended forecast is for snow. So if it's snowy or icy, it won't go down there. But that will be coming up shortly. So I want to thank you so much for uh, for potentially listening to that. And I'm just going to get a uh, put the drags drawn and get a little bit of a drink here and we we'll get rolling on the main content of the show. All right, thank you. Sorry about that. That was more than the right, more than a couple of seconds. I have this drink here. I usually take water, but I got this. It's orange dry, polar diet orange dry with real juice in it. But I don't think I'm going to do it anymore. I like the way it tastes. <clears throat> I'm not a soda drink or anything, but it is. Uh, I have to unthread the top of it, and it's too time consuming. And you have to listen to that drag stuff for too long. It's disrespectful to you guys. So what we're going to talk about today, and I want to thank you for entertaining the possibility of listening to me, all right? You got to this particular point, so uh, hopefully, God willing, you still listen. But I made a list, <clears throat> excuse me, I made a list of things that probably most of you end up doing over the winter months in your farm shop, but they're eclectic, they're all over the map. Right, because to me, if you're a true, you know, just like I'm going to make an analogy or segue to, to, to through animals, or people say, "Oh, I'm, I'm a cat lover, I'm a dog lover," all right? And I mean, hey, God bless you. That's that's a hundred percent your prerogative, whatever. I mean, God has given us our own free will, right? But you know, if you say to me you're a dog lover, all right, then. Does that mean that you don't love cats, that you don't love birds, that you don't love turtles, you don't love cows? Well, I'm an animal lover, 
All right, so I love everything. I don't care whether it's a snake, whether it's an earthworm. You say, that's ah, an insect. I don't care. It's God's creation. All right, I love them all, I love them all equally. All right, I don't have a, a cow or a pig or a horse, but that doesn't mean I don't love them. All right, I happen to have cats and dogs and chickens. Oh, I wanted to tell you. Uh, Tatiana, by God's grace, I thought for sure she was going to die. She was sick for almost a month. And I've been through this routine with the other hens, and it usually never ends the way I had hoped it would end, but it ends the way God's will is in life, because everything that is born will eventually pass on. And, we, you know, I was, we were praying for her, and we were just trusting in the Lord, and she was sick. I mean, she could not even walk. She couldn't get up. And by God's grace, she is doing wonderfully absolutely wonderfully so she's able to walk she's pecking she's doing it she can't jump up on the roost yet so i have to pick her up on the roost in the in in what i call their mar-a-lago their their chicken coop in there so but other than that she's doing wonderfully and praise the lord because that is unbelievable i meant to tell you that anyway so i made a list of things here that that i want to go over with you and they're all over the map and you know it's really in, what's unique about agriculture is that you might be saying and 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 we have such an eclectic and i say it's we because you're in partners with me with this this isn't my show all right we're we're in partners i just happen to be the guy who had the, the money to with a few dollars to buy a microphone other than that i'm nothing all right so uh we have such an eclectic audience that the majority of people do farm, all right, either part-time or full-time production agriculture. That's the majority of the audience for the radio show in this. But everybody doesn't, everybody's not farming 10,000 acres. I mean, there may be a guy with five acres or two acres or their family may have a farm and they have a job in town. But the thing is that, so you may be saying to yourself, if you don't farm, you say, Hot Rod, what are you talking about this stuff for? Because that should have been done a month ago. We're almost into January. What are you talking about winterization? What? Well, when you, if you're a grain farmer and you're, you're a row crop farmer, or if you're a, a cattleman or what have you, uh, or, or taking care of any type of livestock, that's a dairyman, it's 365 days out of the year. It's a little bit different than a guy who works in the town and says, okay, well, you know, I'm going to start to get the snow blow already in October. If you're, in, if, you're, if you're a row crop guy, you're in harvest. And you run right from, you go right into harvest. Harvest usually, specifically if you're in a more northern climate, bumps right up against winter or the beginning stages of winter, right up against your Thanksgiving, the holidays. And so you really don't have a breather. So I just want to say respectfully to those people who may not be in that particular situation is that when you're farming, uh, you may not get a chance to do this when 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 somebody in town could do it and if you could do this in town way ahead of time god bless you that's wonderful that's when it should be done but if you're hard if you're bringing in crops you can't be worried about the snowblower at that particular point you got to bring the crops in so that is why i have an eclectic list here and then also but now when so oftentimes you're doing what should have been done three or four weeks or a month prior to that but as long as you get it done that's the only thing that counts so i'm going to go through this list and they said it's all over the map and obviously any questions any comments any concerns any critique i welcome them at hot rod farmer at farmmachinerydigest.com so when you could send me an email we could talk on the telephone and you may have some things that you want to add to this list right i don't want to make it too too long because i got a lot here anyway all right so first of all 
one of the things that you need to put on and a lot of these are preventive maintenance things they're scheduled maintenance but you may not have been able to do them during the growing season and even if you're a dairyman right and you're milking well obviously cows you're milking 365 days of the year but you're growing your crop you're growing your feed for the cows there's a lot of things going on all right so what you need to do is clean the mass airflow sensor and throttle body on gas and diesel engines you say i got a diesel engine a mass airflow sensor throttle body well yes if you have an old pump line nozzle diesel engine then you you're 100 correct but most modern tier four diesels maybe not so much in a, in, a, in a heavier weight class like a farm tractor or a combine but in a pickup truck or medium duty application most tier four diesels have a mass airflow sensor and a throttle body because years ago diesels were were unthrottled there was no throttle body when you were stepping on the throttle you were moving a lever moving the injection pump not physically moving it but moving inside the injection pump so it's very important to keep those clean buy yourself a can excuse me buy yourself a can of dedicated mass airflow sensor cleaner you do a lot of vehicles a lot of cleaning with it you go clean the sensor a little bit you take it off because remember the sensor is what is used to determine load on the engine so how does the sensor get contaminated from airborne dirt particles so if you live on a dirt road you see if you don't live on a dirt road all right just just the pollutants in the air will end up and it'll it'll numb n-u-m-b not dumb numb the sensor and make it slow to respond make it skew so you want to clean that sensor that's something you should do with probably every oil change you want to clean the throttle body you could buy a can of spray throttle body cleaner all right but that's something you need to do and it's going to pay dividends in the way every engine runs all right great i mean you should do it all year long but if you haven't let's start this this winter after the new year all right the next thing i suggest that you do is inspect slash clean the visible grounds and power connections on all your equipment now i'm not saying that you rip the piece of equipment apart i'm not implying that but you know just like they say the most important thing in the for is, is your shadow in the field checking your crops or checking your cattle or checking your poultry or what have you all right the thing basically is, is you got to spend some time staring at your equipment and uh <laughs> i don't mean staring at the you know, say oh look how beautiful that thing shines i mean looking underneath the hood if it's a combine opening up the side panels all right and stand stand there and stare at it look at it study it all right because you want to be able to catch any potential problems so i'm not saying that you rip the truck apart you rip the tractor apart i'm not saying that what you rip hey honey don't bother we're ripping the car apart hot rod said to look at all the grounds but excuse me look at the ones the connections that are visible all right that you don't have to rip things apart for and you'd be surprised probably the majority of them are visible you may have to be digging around a little bit for them and you want to inspect you want to clean the visible grounds and the power connections it's very 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 important because if they build corrosion you cannot anticipate when you're going to have a problem and the off season during the winter is a great time for you to do this and like i said it's not and you know once you start to identify where they are it's not going to be so it's 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 not a terrible task but it's something that needs to be done and that's on your your car your pickup truck whatever it may be your tractor i mean then again you may be your tmr mixer or whatever it is all right you want to be able to look at you want 
whatever. I'm always staring at stuff, right? I mean, you open the hood, look over here, look over here, move your head around, because you'd be surprised when you study things and try to do it with good light, all right? Because if you don't have good light, you're not going to be able to see 99% of it. So you don't want to be looking in the dark. So if you have a, a light under the hood that you bring with you, whatever, outside in the sun, wherever, whatever, whatever you want to do, all right? The next thing I'm suggesting you do is go around and do in each piece of equipment. You say, okay, I, I, I you know, I, I looked at the, the sprayer, I looked at the pickup truck, I looked at this, all right, and things that. So you know, I'm not saying you jump from uh, jump from one to the other. You know, do you know, and scratch it off your list, all right. The next thing I'm suggesting you do is to snug up bolts on pumps and other fasteners. So many times. You know, and then again, the ones that you could get to. I'm not saying to take the, you know, take the transmission out of the combine to get to a bolt, right? So the thing is that you know, you put a wrench on things, snug them up. Look, look at all, look at your pumps, because every pump has a suction and a pressure side, and lots of times the suction side starts to come a little bit loose. Then it has a slight suction and leak; it's still working, but you're not having full efficiency. So snug up, you know, intake manifold bolts, turbo bolts, and it, this is not as monumental a task as it first sounds. All right, you're going to look at. I mean, you're going to look at the easy ones. I shouldn't say easy ones, the ones that you could get to, and you're going to use that as a qualifier. Say, well, geez, this one was loose. The ones that are hard to get to must be loose, and just snug things up. All right, no, no big deal. And you know, use use a ratchet or a box end wrench or something. You don't want to go in there with an electric impact gun or an air gun. You want to be able to feel, have tactile feel for the bolts and the fasteners. All right, next thing I'm suggesting that you do is load test your batteries and your alternators. All right, so. If you don't have a load tester, and if you listen to the radio show, I spoke about this, but you could buy an inex. They used to use a carbon pile before, but now they probably do it electronically somehow. Is that you don't have to buy a two, three thousand dollar load tester. You could buy a two hundred, three hundred, four hundred dollar load tester. All right, <clears throat> excuse me. And you want to load test all your batteries. You want to load test your alternators. You want to make sure everything is up to snuff. Basically, this tool is very easy to use. It has two two uh, alligator clips, like a uh, like a, uh, a set of jumper cables or a battery charger. You put it on the battery. You hit a button that puts a load on the battery. You start the engine up, whatever the piece of equipment is. You put a load on it. You read the output. They have instructions. You don't need to be an electrical engineer to do this, and it's going to save you a lot of time and a lot of headache all right if, if it takes you more than three minutes on each piece of equipment then you're jerking around all right so it's not good but you have the potential say hey this battery's starting to go weak oh this alternator is starting to to go weak all right <clears throat> so keep that in mind it's a very it's very very important and keep in mind also that if it's a piece of equipment that you're going to use in the winter and depending upon where you know you live where you farm is that you know the electrical system is the battery the electrical system everything is going to be stressed in the cold weather and in the extreme heat so nothing machinery wise nothing likes both ends of the spectrum they don't like that they don't like the extreme cold they don't like the heat but we're going into the winter unless you're listening in australia or new zealand which we do have a number of listeners then you're going into your summer so it's just as important for you to check that and if you're feeding cattle and if you have you know if you have cattle and it's winter time you got to make sure that tractor or that truck or or whatever starts so it's i mean it's uh 
it's not like okay well i wanted to go here today and i can't go it's very and and in some parts of the listening audience it gets to be you know in western canada the montanas the dakotas all right it's it, i mean 30 40 below zero f i mean that's no joke that's life-threatening for both livestock and and for people so you want to make sure that, that electrical system is up to snuff all right next thing I beat you guys to death at nauseam over the years, fluid analysis. Now is the time before you change your fluids to do a fluid analysis, and I suggest coolant, I suggest transmission fluid, hydraulic fluid, and, and right, because like on my tractor, it uses the hydraulic, the transmission fluid, hydraulic fluid, the New Holland for both, but they're separate circuits. So you have to check those, all right, and engine oil, and if you have uh so you want to you want to if you don't start to do that you want to start to do that but now is a great time to do it. and keep in mind that any fluid that needs to be checked has to have some hours some miles on it you can't say well i i put a, i put 50, you know 300 miles on it and i checked i put 10 hours on it and i checked it no you need to check it before you uh before you change it so if you're changing it for the winter and now is the time to pull your samples get them to the lab they're not expensive you don't have to do this with every change but you need to build a history because the remember the fluid analysis is a predictor of things going wrong all right it's a predictor it's uh, so it's not to tell you whether how good your oil is it's a predictor of things going wrong so that's very important for you to do it and keep those records so you have a so you have can track them as things go on all right another thing which is a great off-season project not that there's ever off-season in the farm right off-season project is service to shop air compressor that's probably one of the most that and chainsaws are probably one of the most neglected things in the farm all right you gotta you know you curse like anything if the thing takes a dump on you but service the air compressor so many there's so many different types of air compressors some are piston compressors some are rotary screw compress screw compressors whatever you have service the compressor if it needs to be drained if you're not draining the the moisture out of it then you need to do that if you you look at your at your separators for your air water separators it usually needs to have an oil change on it it usually needs it may have an air filter change and if it's most of them run off of some sort of belts you need to tighten it but service the compressor all right if you service those compressors they last almost forever if not forever but it's like anything in life if you don't service it and i'm not expecting you when you got to get in the field and plant to say okay well we're not gonna plant today because in the spring because we're gonna service the compressor do that now put some eyeballs on it check it over put a wrench to it also is the, is the head tighter the bolts coming loose something like i say this is basic mechanical it's fundamentals of mechanics and as i started to say in the beginning and i got off on a tangent i was talking about cats and dogs and what have you is that if you're a true hot rod farmer in my from my perspective then you're just as passionate about all machinery not just what your favorite is and and that's why i wanted to say and i get off on a tangent and you probably say what the heck is that i talk about and he never finished it is that so just like so i love all animals so if you're a machinery guy yeah you may be a drag racer you may be a tractor pull guy you may be whatever but you but if you're passionate only about what your hobby machine is you then you're really not a machinery guy i hate to say it 
all right you have to be just as passionate about about your combine as you do your drag race car or your drag race car is your combine what have you so whatever you have or your snowmobile your sled right the thing is that so i see this oh i'm you know i'm a you know i'm a i'm a, I'm a and i see this i watch some of these videos with these people and uh you know they're they're so passionate well i'm a drag racer so that's what i watch they're so passionate about their drag race car and then their uh their house is falling apart or their shop is falling apart or their tow vehicle is falling apart or their wife's car is falling apart or what have you their lawn tractor is falling apart well i don't care about that that's a damn lawn tractor i don't have my drag race car so if you're just like if you're an animal lover you are passionate about all animals all right you may have you say well geez i have cats or i have dogs or i have cows or what have you and the same thing is the machinery so if you look at this list this is a machinery passionate list because all of this equipment is important all right so it's so you got to be passionate about it just as you are as your uh, your sweetheart machines all right next thing here all right which a lot of people don't do service lube inspect electric garage door openers all right most bigger farm shops have some sort of electric lift or some for garage a lot of people have electric garage openers door openers on their house those things need to have eyeballs on them whether it's a chain drive or a screwdriver or however it happens to open the tracks need to be lubricated then keep in mind that those th- those garage door openers those tracks those pulleys those lift motors are all going to be stressed in the cold weather so even if you say well the lift motors in the in the garage the lift motors in the, in the, in the garage in the house or the farm shop it's warm in there yeah but the track is not i mean the track is inside but part of the garage door is being exposed to the cold and if you have an unheated garage like we have in our house here we have a three-car garage that's attached to the house, but it's not heated. Then that garage is going to get not as cold as outside, but all of those things are going to be stressed. So look at those rollers, lubricate them, do what you need to do. Look at the chains. It's it's, and if it's a farm shop and you're using it all the time, then it, in, you know just ask yourself, and we'll leave it at that. When was the last time that you looked at that stuff or lubricated or serviced it or put eyeballs on it? Probably not, but I guarantee you probably never. But I guarantee you'll curse like anything if you need to get out and, and mix mix up some feeds for the cows or go get some round bales and you have the tractor in the in the farm shop and the door only opens halfway. All right, so, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, that doesn't mean it can't happen, all right? But like anything in life, the better you take care of it, the less likely or the less probability of having a problem. All right, next thing is, you tire pressures all right for anything that's going to be used in the winter time if you're going to store something over the winter you may want to pump them up a little bit more but remember that for every 10 degrees fahrenheit that the temperature drops that your tire whether it's on a tractor you're using to push snow or semi your pickup truck whatever is going to drop one psi for every 10 degrees fahrenheit so and keep in mind that when you air those tires up i always like to take my infrared non-contact thermometer measure the tire temperature so i can adjust accordingly so if you have a if you're blessed to have a a farm shop and you have the the, your pickup truck in, in the farm shop and it's 60 degrees in the farm shop and it's zero degrees outside 
Well, if you check that tire pressure inside the farm shop at 60 degrees and it's, and you put it outside overnight and it goes to zero, well, it's going to be six pounds lower than what it was in the building. So you need to adjust those temperatures to the ambient temperature. And also keep in mind that if the compressor is running a long time in the farm shop, then you're going to heat that air through compression all right and the air going into the tire is going to be hotter so it's not uncommon uncommon uh, for you to put air in the tire the air is hotter you say okay i'm at 38 pounds whatever i'm 40 pounds right and then you come by an hour later and that the, the vehicle the piece of equipment didn't move and now it's down to uh 37 pounds right because the temperature of the air from the compressor so keep that in mind <clears throat> excuse me but it's um just clear my throat for a second here i'm going to shut this kill the mic all right i'm i'm back so uh the thing is that keep that in mind and keep in keep in mind also specifically with a road vehicle not only is it going to affect your fuel economy all right going down the road and your safety but you know lots of times with especially here in the northeast we get these heat this freeze thaw cycles which create huge sharp edge potholes on the road and if you have low tire pressure what's going to happen you have the potential of hitting that pothole and the bead actually moving away from the rim for a split second and letting all the air out and getting a flat tire when there's no hole in tire because you have low tire pressure so keep that in mind and then you're going to have to adjust those tire pressures accordingly to the uh the the amount of time that that vehicle excuse me is going to be used out in the cold so even if you keep it in the 60 degree shop overnight and your wife is using it during the day and it's zero degrees out you have to adjust one psi for every 10 degrees fahrenheit that the temperature drops so if you say well we we checked it sick you know in 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 the farm shop at 60 degrees she's a school teacher like my wife she's going to drive the vehicle out it's going to sit outside in zero degrees then you have to make it so it's the proper pressure at zero degrees or close to zero degrees instead of 60 degrees all right very very important next thing lubricate all locks on vehicles and on buildings right the thing is that you don't want to have a problem getting into a vehicle getting into a piece of farm equipment you got to plow snow you got to go to town all right and then or or getting into your farm shop or getting into your house lubricate all of those locks and then work that key in and out work that mechanism in open and close it open and close it so that you have nice free act use i'm going to use free motion of those locks because remember that lock is sitting you know part of that lock is sitting out in the ambient temperature right so those tumblers are going to get cold and if it's on a vehicle a piece of farm equipment and it's sitting outside that whole lock is going to be at ambient temperature and it's not going to like to move it's going to contract so lubricate those locks and and you'll find you don't have a million of them so don't it's 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 a big difference than fighting than fighting fighting it in the cold right especially with gloves on right okay next thing in back to engines inspect slash clean the egr valve and passages on your assist on your engines that have egr exhaust gas recirculation but before you do that excuse me before you do that get yourself the new gasket you're going to want to put that egr valve on with a new gasket not an old gasket so don't touch it until you have the gasket in your hands 
but the EGR valve is going to the, the EGR valve itself exhausts gas recirculation. Gasoline, diesel fuels, a hydrocarbon-based fuel. It's going to build carbon no matter what, and it's going to affect the performance of the engine. So if you did this the once a year or something, great winter project, all right, you know, clean that EGR valve and the passages, all right. It's something that that is going to be it's going to be critical for that engine, especially a tier four diesel, to run properly. All right. The next thing is that if you did invest in a smoke tester, which I strongly recommend, then again, you don't have to buy a $3,000 one, all right? Smoke test all your engines. Smoke test your planter, all right? If it's a, you know, if it's a center fill planter, all right? Uh, smoke test, if it's a vacuum planter, not a center fill, smoke test it, right? It's so easy to smoke test things and it'll reveal, it's the microscope, all right? It's like doing a soil test, like doing a tissue analysis it's gonna a fluid analysis it's going to visually tell you where you have some leaks and that's very very important because if it's a catastrophic leak it's going to tell you that on its own you don't need a smoke tester for that but it's a it's a wonderful piece of equipment all right for you to check and you'd be surprised you smoke test an engine so geez the, the hose by the turbo is leaking a little bit this is leaking but this gasket's leaking a little bit you go and you smoke test your planter right it may take a time you have a big a big planter or just a regular vacuum planter you're going to it may take a couple of minutes to build enough smoke and pressure in there but then you will be surprised how you will have the cumulative effect of a little leak here at this seed meter a little leak over here and this see a little leak on this and god willing you have nothing but it's nice to know so i would smoke test things and the winter time is a great time to do this because you have hopefully god willing a little bit more downtime when you're running like anything during during planting and during harvest and spraying and doing other things on the farm during the rest of the summer season all right service your floor jacks all right most shops have a couple of floor jacks, some of them a hand pump, maybe they have a hand pump, maybe they have a, an air-operated one, air over hydraulic, what have you. You know, service those poor things. They don't take a lot of service. You know, you give them a little bit of love and they just serve you unconditionally. They usually need to be greased. The wheels need to be lubricated for it to roll around. You may have a leaky seal. If it's a floor jack, check the, check the hydraulic jack oil on it, all right? uh the thing is that over time even if it's not making a puddle on the floor some will leak out over time if it's old what have you and you'll just service those not a lot of you probably only have two or three of them at most in your in in your whole operation service them get them dolled up get them ready to roll you'd be surprised what a grease gun does it makes that jack work so nicely and so easily and lubricating like on my jack what i like to do is every couple of years I have a, a walker, an old walker floor jack. It's like 40 years old. All right. Um, the, one, the, the seal is leaking, and and so I just keep make sure it's filled with clean, with clean jack fluid. But there's a snap ring that holds the wheels, the metal wheels on. So I like to just pick it up, put a piece of wood in there, take the snap ring off, uh, take, the, take the wheel off, take a piece of Scotch-Brite, doll up the axle a little bit. <clears throat> And then I put some anti-seize compound there, put it on, put the snap ring back on. It takes like maybe 
uh, four wheels, 20 minutes, five minutes a wheel. And for the next year or two years, the thing rolls like it's on, on, on ceramic ball bearings. Beautiful. All right. Very easy to work with. It's nice. And you have to re- realize that if you, that the, that the scissor, the part of the jack that lifts up is that if you have a lot of friction here, that's a parasitic loss on that jack. So you're pumping it hydraulically to lift up whatever this piece of equipment or this vehicle, and part of the effort of the hydraulics is going just for the lack to lift it, jack to lift itself because there's a parasitic loss. There'll always be some sort of parasitic loss, but if you don't grease it and maintain it, it's going to take a lot of that hydraulic energy from the piston just to move the jack itself, let alone to lift whatever you want it to lift. So just keep that keep that in mind, all right? So that is that snow equipment right you say hey hot rod as i said in the beginning i should have done that months ago well you know do you have a plow for your pickup truck do you have a plow for your tractor do you have a snow blower whatever it may be that snow equipment needs to be looked at needs to be serviced whatever it basically is and you don't want to do that when it's supposed to when it's snowing right so then again obviously if you're farming in arizona or louisiana then that has no concern with for you whatsoever all right but keep that in mind that that's often neglected equipment uh and and most of them do not require much maintenance but if they are not maintained and something fails on it and and murphy's law being what it is it's going to fail in the middle of a snowstorm or ice storm and then again you know you're in a rural area i mean you need to get out you're you're feeding cows you're milking cows excuse me chickens hogs whatever it's very very important that you need to be able to have that 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 equipment that runs when it needs to run and needs to function so it doesn't take much to do that if it's you have a snow blower for around the farmstead the house you know uh you look check the belt on it tune it up change the oil you know tire pressure whatever simplistic things it's it's if you have a younger your younger children in the family you know you want to start to get them to be responsible some that's a great place for a young man to start to get his you know mechanical skills working on a snowblower or what have you all right so that's basically that next thing take the downtime if you have it then again on your farm to learn 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 this is a wonderful time for you to catch up on your reading this is a wonderful time to take to go to classes take seminars or it's one and you know not only with agronomy or or with 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 the with the production aspect of agriculture but you know this is the time for you to learn about your equipment to learn different skills and i've said this all along and that's always been the journey the mission for idle chatter the radio show my website and hopefully god willing i wanted to do it two years ago but but covid messed everything up is that get some seminars some workshops going in person seminars in person workshops and uh you really need to learn and i'm 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 sorry uh a lot of people don't like to hear that all right but you you know the equipment today is so technical is it's so complex i don't want to say technical you really need to get familiar with use the really using an ohm meter volt ohm meter multimeter really looking at a small oscilloscope there's so much stuff all right i want to do a class i have it all put together 
on understanding tier four emissions. Truly, it's not voodoo. It's not some kind of magic. Ooh, you know what's happening here? All right, you really need to learn, and it, and it, and and regardless of the size of your farm, then you need to learn to a certain level to be able to have to work with this. You don't need to become an engineer on it, but you need to learn. And the off-season is a wonderful time for you to learn. And, you know, it's the old... You know, the old adage, the old story, you know, you know, uh, give a man a fish, you feed him for a day, teach a man to fish, you feed him for a lifetime. The knowledge that you will, the, the, the way you will be able to apply this to all different things is unbelievable on the farm because electricity doesn't care whether it's running a tractor or a pickup truck or, or, or a hydraulics doesn't care what it's on, all right? Uh, you know, everybody's, I shouldn't say everybody, so many people are complaining about, you know, the right to repair. Well, and I've done shows on this, and you know, I'm a straight shooter. The right to repair, there's an onus, there's an obligation on you to understand a management system. All right, it's it's not, the, the onus is not on the, 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 the vehicle or the piece of farm machinery equipment manufacturer. So people are hollering like, and I, you know, I've said this before, they holler, ah, if I had the codes, I get, well, the codes are nothing, all right? And, and you know, you could buy a scanner for 90 percent of the codes on engines but for, for the past six or seven years there's plenty of them out there all right but if you look at that and you don't know what it's taught so like i say learn 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 and probably the best thing for you to do if you have a larger operation just like use one person is handling the cattle another person if you have cattle doing the crops or doing the marketing is that you really need to assign someone and that may be you, or you may be wearing multi-hats because you're a small farm operation like me, right? The thing is that I don't have anybody else to turn to. Okay, you go over there. Hey, Charlotte, you go over there and you learn about the new uh, the new uh, tier four emissions. <laughs> so the thing is that, but take this opportunity to learn something and, and learn something as far as your machinery is concerned. I want you to learn with other aspects of your business, but do not just focus strictly on marketing or agronomy or animal husbandry. Very, very important, but you need to learn about certain aspects of the mechanical side of your business because the mechanical side of your business makes everything else happen, right? Just like a trucker. You could, you know, you get all the contracts you want. If the truck doesn't run, it doesn't run. You're not making any money and, and everything is for naught. So learn, learn, learn. All right. Then, then I've said this many times before, and I beat you to death the past couple of months with this again, and I'm going to beat you one last time, right? This is going to be the 39 lashes, <laughs> because in the biblical times, they used to, you know, well, the 40, well, the 40 lashes, they used to think that they gave a person or they believed more than 40 lashes, they would die on the 41st lash. So this is the 39th lash. So that means I got one more lash left, right? So anyway... You, you buy yourself, and I invested. I have no; they have no skin in the game, and me have no skin in the game. I bought the Amp Probe ACDC fifty two nav meter, which reads frequency, which reads which could be used on farm equipment, line voltage, what have you. But make it a habit of checking the voltage, the frequency, and the total harmonic distortion in your farmhouse, in your farm shop 
if you have a grain dryer you have a dairy barn all right very 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 important and i can't stress that enough i'm not going to sit there and watch it every five minutes but you need to start to make that as something that you're going to check and if you have a meter like this the meter was like four hundred dollars but it's not just for, for you could use it for anything electrical plus it's got so much capabilities and it's and it's easy to use plus it's a clamp meter you know because you know and i'll leave it at this if if you don't watch that nobody's going to watch it for you but you're going to pay the bill to fix it all right so if it takes out your compressor takes out your computer takes out your uh your uh refrigeration for uh for your chiller for your milk it takes out it takes out your fans in your barn i mean you it takes out your well pump you're the one you know you can say i don't give a damn about that hot rod go to hell right well you're gonna give a damn when you get the bill to fix it all right so the thing basically is is that now is checking it going to fix it no it's obviously not but if you don't check anything you're not going to know you have a problem or the potential of a problem so it's like anything so it's like fluid analysis is that you it's a predictor so if you're looking and saying geez you know the power company and i said this many times before with the drought situation specific out west is these power companies are being are being taxed i mean tax being stressed all right and you know and they're they're manipulating the voltage they're manipulating the frequency all right so it's like so like saying well we got a lot of people at the table let's put a couple of uh uh, pints of uh, water into the soup and cut it down so we could feed everybody i'm not saying they're evil i'm not saying they're bad it's the facts of life but ultimately all right ultimately you have led lights that keep popping you have something ultimately you're the one who's going to pay for the repair and it's going to be your headache so please get into a habit of it all right and it's so simple with the proper meter literally a minute all right to check things and and again again you're not going to be sitting there all day long watching it but you need to be able to keep an eye on this stuff all right and you need to do that so wax the equipment right go over the next thing wax it clean it wax it all right a lot of guys a lot of you guys like to you know do that that's wonderful all right and you know waxing the equipment also gives you a lot of tactile a lot of hands-on a lot of eyeball time on it so even though i told you in the beginning you need to stare at your equipment but when you're waxing it you're cleaning it you get to see stuff that you probably would not see because your eye would not catch it so so the thing is that wax your equipment great time in the winter service your if you have an oil burner you have a you you run gas specifically if you run oil on something we have oil heat here in the house here in the farm most of the people in new jersey do all right you're gonna have to service that oil burner you're gonna have to uh hopefully you have a good service man it doesn't just come in there and change the nozzle and change the filter and say adios all right you want to i i uh, well through my friend tony who who services my oil burner i service it with him he's the brains i'm the back all right the thing is that we put a very inexpensive we put a pressure gauge on it a permanent pressure gauge so when she fires up i know i'm supposed to be at 100 pounds of pressure all right i see the 100 pounds of pressure have a lot of instrumentation on it all right we take it all apart we clean i call it the firebox with the tubes off because it's it's a boiler it's hot water clean the carbon out of it last load of heating oil i bought here was a couple of weeks before i went to georgia to agaco to fent and i paid 
I don't think it was five dollars a gallon. Four ninety nine, four ninety, whatever. It was it was five dollars a gallon without the five on it. All right. And the thing is that, you know, keep that in mind. All right, you need to service those, and you need to service, and there's adjustments on those. I'm not saying, but you get if you don't have a good oil burner guy, a good furnace guy, get yourself one. If the guy comes in there, he has no instrumentation to read the CO. He's not looking. You know, and also, you know, the dampener on the flue. Make sure that's working. Lubricated. Make sure that the count that the counterweight is set properly. All right. So all of these things come into play, and if you and you know, you need to have a good furnace oil burner man what have you all right uh because it's very very important for efficiency and reliability so i'm always i mean my office is in the basement i could pay attention to what's going on there but but we do I, through my friend all right like i say we take very good care of it all right and listen you know and adjust it and you're not only going to save money on the on on fuel you're going to have the efficiency and the reliability and you're up there in montana it's 40 below zero you don't want to have a problem all right so you say i don't give a don i got a, a pellet stove as a backup well that's wonderful god bless you all right but the thing is that service that stuff and it's not meant to be serviced uh, you know and so so many damp you know flu dampeners are all messed up they're either stuck open or they don't close with a counterweight is raw so you know just get yourself a good oil burner man all right and if he comes in there with no instrumentation no nothing and he's throwing a nozzle on there and you know uh, and not adjusting the electrodes and cleaning the electrodes and, and vacuuming it out he's not your man he's mickey mouse all right so that's basically that we're almost done here and you know i'm a couple of things here at the end you're probably doing them anyway if not you should be you know service your air tank for your well your, your well pump tank not your air tank you know service that tank make sure it has the proper pressure in so my well all right i have a submersible well pump all right so but my tank is in the basement my well tank is in the basement I have a 4060 switch on it you want to make sure is it kicking on at 4060 is it short cycling you you know if you don't have enough air in that tank then you're going to short cycle it and it's two psi below the kick on so in other words if it's supposed to kick on at 40 you need to have air, 38 pounds or 39 pounds of air pressure in there all right so the thing is that you need to drain the tank you need to take a pressure gauge to it air tire pressure gauge read the air pressure put it in there all right that's something if you say well geez this tank you know this bladder is maybe starting to leak lose air or it's starting to rust out inside or something is that you need to it's so simple to do it all right if you haven't done it then you should do it all right like i said i'm blessed because my well tank is in the basement of my parents old farmhouse we had a well house you know built into the ground so we had to but still had to service it was the same thing all right but you know service your well tank all right it's so important i mean other than the well tank and the pressure switch there's not and nothing for you to service on it all right but you know and then if you buy that clamp meter all right that ac that a amp probe ac dc 52 nav you could actually just clamp onto and read the current draw on your well pump 
Right, very simple. Just clip it on there, evoke the pump, and you could read the current draw. All right. So the thing basically is if you start to see if it's rated at let's say 10 amps, what it's supposed to be, and now she's drawing 12, 13, 14 amps, that's the indication of a problem. But service your well tank. Maybe you're good about it, maybe you're not. I know a lot of people are not good at uh, uh not good with that. And then also if you have some sort of hot water heater, whether it's electric or gas fired, you're gonna need to service that you're gonna to need to drain that to get the uh the sediment out of it all right so so whatever do what you want with it all right and then the other thing also as i close here is that you know maintain your backup power supply your whether it's a backup generator a standby generator all right for electricity if you have livestock you have a dairy barn you have hogs you have chickens all right if you, you don't have any of that you're a row crop guy all right you need to have you're out in the country you're out in the farm you're in the rural area today we need electricity all right so the thing is that you know then again i mean you could service it to ad nauseum and they could take a dump on you like anything in life right but so many times people don't service those they don't run them they don't exercise them they don't do anything and then once again they curse like a drunken sailor when they need it and it doesn't work or they have an issue so that is my list of things for you to consider obviously cherry pick what applies to you hopefully god willing you're doing most of them already and you only have to add one or two to the list and i want to thank you so much you have a blessed blessed christmas we will i will do a show before between christmas and new year's a regular idle chatter and the short shows the hot rod farmer minute and the bushels and cents and then hopefully god willing on the 31st of december i will post or sue will post my blessing my wishes and my prayers for you for 2023 so thank you so much have a blessed blessed day and have a wonderful christmas and remember the reason for the season it's the birth of our savior jesus christ take care thank you bye-bye